Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. We're going through a series at the moment for the fire series, um, but we're actually on a break from that at the moment, and Chris said I could talk about anything I wanted to. So um, I thought I'd talk on the great meatloaf song, I would do anything for love. Oh, you got me, John. Oh, no. But I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, because um, I, was, I was in... Uh, <laughs> I know you regret saying I could do anything now. <laughs> Praying, praying, keep praying. So, uh, but genuinely, I was uh, in the service last week and I was like, God, uh, like genuinely, one of my greatest fears is someone saying talk on anything you want to because that sends me into a massive panic, um, which is how I spend most of my life. But uh, I, I, was, I was there at the front and I was like, God, what do you want to speak on? And all this, this song just kept coming through my head. I actually felt God say, I want you to ask them what they won't do for me and challenge them that that's not right. So it's a nice, easy sermon today, um, <laughs> which is I want to talk about what you're saying no to God, because I believe we're in a time and we're in a season where that no longer can stand, and the more that we say no to God, the more that we're limiting him. So we're going to look at it, and we're going to be uncomfortable about it, but we're going to look at it because I believe when we get to that place of uncomfortableness where God challenges us to no longer withhold anything, then everything we will see that we're hoping to see will come to pass. You going to go with me? Amen. All right, let's turn our Bibles to... Oh, actually, first, before I do that, wave your hand if you're in Powerhouse. Anyone here in Powerhouse? Not, not leaders. I want the actual beauties that are Powerhouse. Fantastic. This sermon is for you, by the way, guys, because if you get, understand this, your lives will be changed, and then we won't have to do hardly any of the work, because I believe, <laughs> genuinely, though, so those in Powerhouse right at the back, I want you to know that if you say yes to Jesus with all your heart right now then he's got his entire life to do things through you, and I want you to know that. Amen. So this is for you. It's not, I know we're in here with the adults, but I want you to hear this first, okay? Yeah, Luke 9, uh, verses 57 to 62. We're going to go quick because the service has already ended, <laughs> according to time. But it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes and dens. No, sorry, foxes have dens. <laughs> Dens are not an animal. But foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the bury bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still he said to another, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So nice, easy words from Jesus there. And the first, do you know, the first thing I want you to know is that we don't get to know the response that those people had. We don't know whether they um, laid everything down and went or whether they went away. It doesn't matter because the challenge is for us today. Yeah. The point about the Bible is in there. God wants us to know it and to hear it. And so this challenge is for you today. And so we need to look at it and grapple with it and understand what we are saying, actually, what, what, what buts we're coming with. It's a great <laughs> sentence, that. What buts are we coming with? Like, Jesus, I will follow you, but I need to go do this. Jesus, I will follow you, but... I got distracted, sorry. <laughs> this will happen a lot. But... <clears throat> the first two real challenges are on our security. Where are we putting our security? 
because Jesus' first response to the guy, he says, I, I want to follow you, I'll go anywhere with you. And he's like, I don't even give you the guarantee of what the foxes and the birds have. You don't even get that guarantee. When you come and say yes to me, you're saying I'm saying yes to anything, even to the fact I might not have a place to lay my head. Are you willing to do that? Will you trust me enough to do that? The second question Jesus asked the second man, it's a little jarring, right? It's, why can't he go bury his dad? That's a normal thing to do. Why can't we do that? It's a legitimate excuse, right? Yeah, you think, yeah. You, like, it's not a trick question. Seems a little, little obvious to me. Come on, Jesus, you're compassionate. He needs to go bury his dad. But that's not the implication of what he's saying. He's saying, let me first go wait until my father dies so that I can get my inheritance. Because then I'll have my security. And then I can follow you because I've got my security, I've got my, I've got my wealth, I can, I can do it all. And Jesus says, let the dead, the spiritually dead, look after the dead because I am here and I am alive and you have been awoken to me, so follow me with all of your heart. That's right. No more excuses. Wow. When it comes to following Jesus, our security needs to be fully found in him. You know, in Hebrews 13, it talks about the world not being our permanent home, but looking forward to the home yet to come. In Philippians 3, it talks about being citizens of heaven. Yeah. And in 1 John 2, it goes even further. It says, don't even love these things of this world because they will fade away. Yeah. I.e. the security that we build for ourselves here is not eternal. It will go. Yeah. But life with Jesus is eternal. It's for now and forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Like, that's flipping phenomenal. We should get excited about it. And that's where we put our trust in. It's why Jesus tells the parable of the man who builds his house on the rock and the man who builds his house on the sand. We all know it. I'm not going to sing the song. I know. Also, because I don't actually know the song. But but one lasted and one didn't, right? One got washed away. You know, one of the things that I've actually really learned in my life is that things come and go well quick. They come and go well quick. And I learned that at a really young age and it was hard. But I know that the eternal things last forever. I came to know Jesus in the midst of the washing away. My dad, had, uh, my dad was in the process of dying and I came to know Jesus. Yeah. And in the midst where everyone fell around, around, and literally I had no one, this thing called God, and at the, at the time it was a thing for me, I'm not being disrespectful, but this thing, this concept called God stood up and said, I will, I will be the place where you can come. That's right. And all I know is that I put my trust in him day by day and something happened and I am forever changed. Hallelujah. I was, um, we were having a really fun time at Welfare and we've got a load of uh, new young people who've come along and uh, they, most of them don't know Jesus. And uh, this is this one girl who has, um, who's the classic, has 8,000 questions after every one that you give. Um, and it's, it's beautiful and I love it. But she, she said to me this week, she said, wait, are you asking me to believe in this person that I cannot see? And I'm like, yeah. I know, I said, I know that I feel, I said, I know what I'm saying right now sounds idiotic, except for all I know is that day by day I do it and yet something happens within me. And actually he becomes more and more seen to me. Does that make sense? The more that you put your trust in Jesus, the more that you say, Jesus, I'm going to put my firm foundation in you. I'm going to root everything that I have in you and I will choose to turn away from these earthly things that look like they will provide me with all the security I will ever need. The more that I do that and I turn to you, the more that I find that you are solid and strong and nothing ever fades away. Amen. You're right, mate. 
Oh, he's just shaking hands, high fives. Good to see you. Come on then. Right. What I'm saying is that we need our security to be in the eternal. I think Jesus was, what Jesus was doing to these men was bringing them to a fork in a road yeah. and saying, what are you going to choose here? The things that you can see and you think you can trust in, that in a moment can be gone, or in me, who is eternal. I know I keep saying the word eternal, but I want you to hear, he is eternal. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Amen. Are you gonna, he's asking that question, are you going to completely trust me? Or are you going to trust yourselves? Um, I'm going to really challenge you today, and um, I apologize um, if I f you feel like I'm insulting fleet culture, but I'm just going to challenge it a little bit. Which is, um, one of the hardest things I've ever done is move to Fleet, because Fleet has a culture. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who come up from outside of Fleet, you'll, you'll all be nodding at me and going, yeah, Amy, you're right. <laughs> for those of you who live in Fleet, you might be going, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> but, um, or, you know, some more English way to say that. Um, but the, the point is that Fleet has this culture where actually you are incredibly self-dependent people. And actually, I came here and I was like, why do they need Jesus? I came from like the most honest, uh, if you've ever been to Rushton, you obviously went straight out of it again. It, it's like, it's just not a place you want to be for very long. It's where I grew up. I'm not from there. That's very important for me that you know that. Someone has their birth, on their birth certificate, Rushton, but um, I won't point out who because it just denotes their class and I wouldn't want to insult them. But anyway, so the, the point is that um, this, in this town, they are utterly dependent. When they come to know Jesus, they're utterly dependent on him because they don't know whether their benefits are going to be stopped. They don't know when like, their dad's going to run away with someone else. They don't know when, if they're going to just, honestly, like the stories you will hear from Russian are all EastEnders worthy, <laughs> like genuinely, and, but they need God. And I came here and I had no clue what I was to offer Apart from, I do know what to offer, because these things that you trust in, and I'm not saying all of you do this, but I want you to hear, there's a challenge in this, we need to hear this, that all the things that we trust in, the, the things that we've put our entire lives, and you are great people who work hard, it's amazing, but it will go, yeah. in a moment. These people were coming to Jesus and they're saying, yeah, let me follow you but let me just make sure I've got everything right first. And Jesus says, come follow me and I will sort all of that stuff out. Yeah, that's right. it, it doesn't, it, it's not like, let me do this first and then, then I'll sort it out. Mm. Um, I don't think I've ever applied to go on a mission trip with the money in my bank. That's right. Like genuinely, sometimes it's not there after I've gone as well. <laughs> but the point is that that doesn't denote my yes. It doesn't denote my yes because it's not dependent I'm going to do anything for you, Jesus, but I can't do that. I remember uh, Will Hart. I'm all right for time? Okay. I remember that Will Hart came, um, and he invited someone who uh, was there to go out to Iris. And, and then I went out for dinner later that week uh, with some people who were there, and they were like, man, I could never do that. And I, was, I literally sat there and heard them, and I was like, what are you talking about? Mm. So the, the person who leads Irish just said, come and, come and join. And I'm like... I said, if, if that happened, you'd see an Amy-shaped hole in the door and I'd be gone. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't even think I'd put in, what you do, P45? No, that's what you give me. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> Whatever that I need to do, that I, you wouldn't even see it, I'd be gone. 
because because that that yes has already already been established in my heart from a very young age. I will go anywhere for you, Jesus. I couldn't understand it, but there's things in my life where I've yet to say yes, and that's an issue. Like if God right now said, Amy, I want you to prophesy every every single person in this room, you'd also see an Amy-shaped hole outside of that. (laughs) And I'm not joking, because I'm terribly, terribly afraid that I might get it wrong. Real side point, fear is the most accepted sin in the Western church. That's right. Just a side point. Anyway, that's, that's a very different sermon. But it is the most, um, I think Chris Vallotton said that. That's not mine. Um, I remember the first time I came to this like real fork in the road for my life. Um, I was on a mission trip. Most of my great things happen when I'm on a mission trip. Um, and I'd, um, I'd, at 18, I'd gone to a mission college. I'd said yes to Jesus. I said, you've given me my life back. I'm going to give you all of mine. And I said, specifically, I'm going to give you my life in South America working with street children. Just so you know, Jesus, that is what I'm going to do. And I did. I worked really hard to get to South America to work with street children. And in fact, before I went, I was at Soul Survivor um, and uh, I had these two incredible pictures. And um, I wasn't really walking with the spirit then. So these are incredible things that happened that God broke through. He's amazing. Um, But I saw two pictures of uh, one of me standing on the side of the road and one of me, um, of children running towards me. And I tell you, as as real as you are in front of me, these are how real these pictures were. And when I was in Guatemala, they happened. And I was like, confirmation that that this, that I am right. Thank you, Jesus. And what started to happen was that as I stayed there in Guatemala working with these street children, God started to say to me, and again, this is amazing because this wasn't happening in my everyday life, that God was speaking. But God started to say to me, Amy, look at these Guatemalans. Look at the Guatemalan church. They are rising up and I am raising them up. Look how they are connecting with these young people. They are doing a better job than you will ever be able to do in a million years because they are Guatemalan and they know where they come from. Don't get me wrong, I'm for mission, I'm for going. But when the church starts to rise, it wasn't me to be there. And God said, would you remember the people in, and he specifically said Rushton, because he knew that he needed to challenge me on that, because I'd worked very hard to get out of Rushton, and I wasn't going back. And he said, would you remember those young people there? Would you remember that how hurt and broken they are and how you understand that place that they are in? Go back. I've asked you to go and work with the young people. I didn't say where. And I tell you, that was the hardest three months of my life as I struggled with saying yes to that. Because I, I didn't understand. I said, God, I said yes to everything you want to do through me. I'm going to go to the other side of the world for you. And he said, I actually just want you to go to your hometown. <coughs> and it's the hardest thing I've ever said yes to. And I did it. Thank goodness it was only for a short season. I just had to do six weeks there. But it was, it was the yes. Because that, that yes, on, um, if anyone's listening from Rushden, it's gone a lot upmarket since I last came. Honestly, they've even got like a Jack Wills. It's incredible. <laughs> Like, I don't know what happened, but apparently if I left, it went up market. <laughs> also, coincidentally, Fleet's gone a little bit down market recently. I'm not saying there's any coincidence. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But anyway, point, but the point was, was it at that fork in the road? And both things I w- was wanting to do were good and godly and biblical, but one was God's will and one was my will. Yep. Do you understand that? that um, I'm not saying that having a home and having... Uh, a life and, and raising a family and um, these are all phenomenally great things and I'm trying to think of some other examples but off the top of my head I can't but the point is that we can do amazing godly things but is it what God is saying for us to do 
I'm not saying after this meeting I want you all to go home and sell your houses and go nomadic. I'm not saying that because I don't believe God is asking you to do that. I'm asking you to be willing to do that. Amen. Will you give me your yes without, ex- without conditions? You know, um, the last interaction. Can you put the verse up for me, Ross? I think it's verse 61, 62. <clears throat> it actually mirrors the interaction um, way back in the Old Testament when Elijah calls Elisha. And I believe that's the right way around. Thank you. Um, and in that instance, Elijah, Elijah says, um, I'm going to follow you, but first let me go back and tell my family. And Elijah says, yes. And he does. He goes and sells everything. I think that's important. He sells everything, even the plow that he owns, and he follows and goes with Elijah. But the point is, is why is, well, the, the thing to ask is, why is there a difference now? And I think the difference between then and the time that we're talking about with Jesus is the fact that Jesus knew that his time was short because you've got to recognise the season you're in. Jesus knew the context for this. For all you Bible college people, it's context is king. That's what uh, I was taught at Bible college anyway. Context is king. And you need to know the context, which is he's just been rejected out of Samaria and he's going to the cross. This is the start of the journey to the cross. He knows his time and he knows it's short and there's no dilly-dallying, the fantastic English phrase. There's no point, there's no point delaying because time is short and there's a mission to do and I am not going to stop for anything. If you look across our country, our nation, our, um, even just really locally, things are happening. If you look across the world, things are phenomenally speeding up. We need to recognise the time and the season we are in. And we need to get good at saying yes. Come on. Yeah. That's what we want. So, I want to challenge you. So, really simply, if you're at school and you haven't told anybody that you're Christian yet, I'm going to challenge you and say, could you say yes to Jesus in that respect? I'm going to challenge uh, some of us. Um, I'm really great at the, I won't stop for that one more person on the way out the door. I did it last week. I was like, I need to go home. I'm, just, I'm getting straight out that door. But I don't think that's actually, I'm being really honest. I don't think that's always what God's asking me to do. We do that little yes, because I think the little yeses lead to the big yeses and things start to change. I'm going to challenge all of you really seriously now. Get yourselves to encounter. God's doing, I want to tell you, God's doing something in encounter and you need yeah. to be there. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to um, tiptoe around it because God is doing something. Get yourselves there. I know it's Sunday evening. I know you're tired. But get yourselves there. I'm just going to be really straight with you. This is me. Do you want to come and read it with me? Yeah. Okay. But this time, that's not right. I'm not reading exactly to them, my notes. This, this is the little... <laughs> right, so we need to give him our full yes in the big things and in the small. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, so I think your mum's going, but you can stand with me if you want. There you go, good man. So, we need to give him our full yes. Um, on, f- on Friday night, um, I had a really, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I had a rough day. I had a phone call from, from family. Um, and a situation that I, it's a classic example of everything changing in a moment, and a situation that I thought was hunky-dory wasn't, and it had some ramifications. Um, and I'm fine, it's for someone else in my family, but it just wrecked me for the day. 
it wrecked me. But um, I meet with Bethan to pray, and we prayed on Wednesday, and she said, mate, you coming out on Friday night to tell people about Jesus? And I was like, yeah, mate, I'm going to be there. And then I was like, oh, I've just had a really rough day, and I'm tired. Honestly, I was like, I was in my jogging bottoms. If anyone's ever put jogging bottoms on, they're impossible to get off once you've put on. <laughs> like, let's be real. My hair was up, and I was like, it's cold outside, I need to wear a hat, but I've worn my hair up all day. I don't have time to wash it, to make it, like, go... Because my hair, once you put it up, it stays up. But... Um, I've got, I was like, I was honestly, the excuses under the sun, you don't need to know these, but what I want you to tell you, these are all going through my head. And I was like, oh God, I've done enough this week. It's my day off. Friday's my day off. I don't want to go out at 9.30 at night. That's how ridiculously late we go. And I know that's not actually that late, but I'm old. <laughs> old is a state of mind, not a natural age. Amen. And at that moment, I was really old. <laughs> But I'd said yes to my friend, and I try not to let my friends down. But I'd also said yes to Jesus a long time ago. Yeah. I said, yes, I'm going to tell you about people about Jesus. And so we went. And I'm not telling you that Fleet was saved, because hopefully it would be a bit fuller in here. <laughs> but I am telling you that we had two great conversations great. with, um, and I'll tell you their names, uh, Halad, like DJ Khaled, but not Halad. <laughs> And, and Lou. And we had two phenomenal conversations that I don't think would have happened if I wasn't yeah, there. Right. Because it was my suggestion to go to Subway. Just, <laughs> I'm taking all credit for it. It's all mine. It's got absolutely nothing to do with uh, Nathan and Bethan. It's all me. Joking. Absolute joking. But the point is, is by me saying yes, it's a really small yes. In a time that I really didn't want to say yes, something, something permitted something to happen for two people to hear that God loved them in a timely manner. There's um, a great um, artist called Lindy Conant. She works for YWAM. She sold out for Jesus. And she um, wrote a song, and it says, uh, there's a yes in our hearts that carries through eternity. Simple obedience changes history. Wow. Yeah. Look it up. Lindy Conant, it's called Obedience. Change your life. Yeah. For me, there was, there's a moment in the summer that, that marked me again forever. And I am finishing with this, don't worry. Which uh, is another song, because my love language with Jesus is songs. I will not apologize for it. Is it says, uh, there's, a, there's a verse and it says, just put me anywhere. Would you put your glory in me and I'll serve anywhere. Would you just let me see your beauty? That's right. And we honestly sang that for half an hour and it marked me forever. Yeah. The next moment I had a text saying, can you come and um, help, help us out? Because um, I was serving at David's tent, which meant uh, that I had to go go do my duty early. And I was like, oh, this is a really easy yes that I've ever had to do and go and just drive some people around. But the, the harder yes is doing it every single day. Every single day saying yes to Jesus, saying yes without conditions. Yes, here is all of my love, all of my commitment. All that I have is yours. Yes, because he is worthy of it all. I want to tell you that a no to Jesus is just arrogance. I'm just going to be really brutal because, and this is for me, like, honestly, if you don't know, I'm, I've secretly got, like, a mirror here, then it's, this is for me. Because a no to Jesus is arrogant because who the heck do we think we are that we would say no to Jesus? The man who gave it all for us, the God who gave his son for us, who do we think we are? And I, and, I, and I know that we have times and responsibilities. I hear that. And you might go, Amy, it's easy for you. You're single and you don't have any responsibilities. Sure, I hear that. That is all true. But the point is, 
is that it doesn't mean it's any less hard. That's right. I want you to know that being single is hard for us. So please pray for some men. No, anyway, <laughs> joking, I'm joking. But the point is, the point is, is that our yes in this season, I am so aware that my yes in this season is the greatest yes I will ever give. Yeah, right. And it permits what yeah, will happen in the next. So, yeah, right. so would you stand with me, please?